Hey y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode number 413, I am welcoming back to the show my friend, Carrie Castle. Like this summer, they're a different age or they have different interests now. So I got to re redo the script a little bit. And yeah. that takes a lot of creativity. And so for me, I had to and still have to realize, go with the child I have, not the child I think I should have or I wish I had. Over the years, we've released several different episodes when it comes to parenting special needs, and we've linked those episodes in the show notes, whether it's sensory processing disorders, whether it's sensitive and intense kids, autism, ADHD. Today, I've invited my friend Carrie Castle to the show because she's my in real life walk alongside you friend, and I thought she could be that kind of friend to you today. Someone who isn't going to give you all of the ins and outs of how to manage different neurodivergence, but how do you mother? How do you not fall into shame and isolation? How do you stay connected to your kids and to your community? And Carrie does this so well that she has created a community for moms called Mosaic Connection. No matter where you are in the world, you could be a part of this community. And I wanted to let you guys know about it. Today, we're just gonna talk through those concepts of remembering who we are in Christ, loving the kids we have, and how to navigate summer. Just some practical ideas that Carrie is offering up. Also, I wanted to make sure you knew that at the end of the show, I'm going to share details about our summer of mentorship. Don't miss that. But let's get right to it. Here we go. Carrie Castle, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Hello. It's been a, it's been a couple of years. Here we are again. <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> and we've always said, like, we've been friends a long time that you could come on the show and we could talk about a lot of different topics. So yes. many things that the Lord has led you through in life. Yes. Aren't you lucky? <laughs> I'm I'm blessed, Heather. I am. <laughs> so many spaces to occupy. You were at that craft retreat, that other creative retreat that I wrote about in my latest book. And you have processed this concept of occupying your God-given space mm. with me yeah. so much. And mm-hmm. I know it has been this journey for you to be like, okay, God, you've given me this story. You've given me infertility journey, adoption, <laughs> a biological kid. I mean, all the things. Uh-huh, and then uh-huh. um, some neurodivergence and some diagnoses yeah. and some varied yeah. paths and what you want me to do with it. And so we're going to share what God has led you to do, which is provide community for other moms in that season. But before we do, I'd love for you to just take some minutes, okay? not. Not super quick, but just introduce people to your fam, to your boys, and uh, what what you've been working through the last decade or so. Oh, thanks, Heather. Um, yes, I'm not one for a shortage of words, so this is going to be like, I have to work <laughs> real quickly to try to condense all of this. Um, so yeah, um, I've got three boys, and we are now entering fully tween to teen years. Um, Lord help me. And mm-hmm. um, one is 10, one is 13, and one is 16. So yeah, there's a lot of diagnoses and neurodivergence in my home. And um, we've got a combination and I, I'll just spell it all out. So I don't identify a certain kid, but just spell it all out. We have high functioning autism. There's some ADHD severely. There's giftedness. There is dyslexia, there is sensory processing disorder, and a lot of anxiety. So those are all of the diagnoses represented in my home. So, wow, that is a combination (laughs) and everybody triggering everybody else. That's what's fun about that. Yeah, there's a lot. And, um, but yeah, this has been a journey for sure. And yeah, you and I had, we had talked, like you said, previously and there's a lot of things the lord has allowed me to walk through and it, they have all shaped me and got me to this point and i'm a dreamer i'm an idea person as you know and i have been wrestling with the lord if he keeps giving me these ideas and I, my fear has held me back a lot and i finally said no more <laughs> yeah i'm not going to be afraid i'm just going to step out and try and so that's where i'm at as i've created and and launching an organization to build community for the parents, moms and dads that also walk this with these children. And it's for the social emotional support for these parents. 
yes, there's resources because we all have resources and consources, but I have found in my experience that there's a, an abundant of resources for how to help out, what therapists to use, but a lot, a lack of resources outside of like the autism moms, that's a great resource. But outside of that, where's the resource of just being an honest, safe place for to walk through the journey of what if this is affecting me as a parent as well. Yeah. And I think all parents have a hard time saying, oh, this is really hard. Uh, my kid is driving me crazy. I'm not sure that I can handle my child anymore. I mean, we mm -hmm. all feel guilty for, mm -hmm. and I think that's wrong. <laughs> I don't know where we've gotten off to think that we're supposed to like adore and enjoy our children every single second. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know the Lord calls us to love them deeply and we do, but we have to be honest with our own feelings and emotions and stuff at the same time. So how can we hold space to honor that? But does that make sense? I guess. Yeah, no. And I think it's good if the mom who's listening, who doesn't have children with neurodivergence or any of those diagnoses for her to, to grasp and understand her friend who might, um, I think in those early years, you and I have walked in different groups of friends. And I think I would love for you to go back and just help identify with the mom who's in that season of the little years. And it's like the message I felt like we received was you do this certain parenting, whether it's high discipline or low discipline, whatever it is, so that your kids behave. And mm -hmm. when your kids misbehave, it's a reflection that you did something wrong. So I think there's this like guilt or shame that I felt when my kids would misbehave as if I'm doing the parenting thing wrong. And there wasn't this understanding that possibly there is something else going on in my child that traditional routes are not working. And so, I don't know, I felt a little judged. I felt um, isolated. And I don't know if that resonates or at what point did you say, okay, I'm going to stop feeling guilt and shame. And there is something going on with my child that I need to get outside help. You know, because yeah. there's that mom right now listening. She's like, is this a time when I need to get a diagnosis or some sort of support or not? Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up because, oh yeah, I felt that a lot. And I'm going to give a little snippet of a story and maybe this will resonate because I really could get really passionate about the Christian realm yeah, and how it looks at behavior with children. Mm -hmm, <laughs> so mm -hmm. when I did a um, growing kids God's way, oh, small sister. group, mm -mm. oh my word, I'm like, my kid is not doing any of those things. And so therefore what's wrong with me? Um, but yeah, it is, um, we live in a culture still today. I mean, still today, I think even with people that are doing hard behaviors, even in their adult years, well, what's the parents like? I'm like, yeah. oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's so, can be so shameful and so guilty to feel like it's all your fault because it's, yeah. it's not all your fault. So to that mom that's listening that has those little kids, and everyone else's child is doing the the path that is working and yours is not. And you're at kinder music, which I don't know if that's still a thing, but I remember being <laughs> kinder music and yeah. all the kids, you know, were sitting and doing their thing. And my child is literally running around the whole room the yep. whole time. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, it just, and they look to me, people look to me and I'm like, I, oh, yeah. I can't, oh, I yeah. can't, this is out of my control, people. Like No, I remember one of mine hitting a kid with the egg shaker on the oh, head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the and the teacher who had no children looked at me and said, where did he learn that? Uh, 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 oh, uh. all the times that I hit him on the head with the shaker, you mean? Uh, right. Yeah, what? that's where he learned it. Where did he uh, learn please, it? It's please. called just Sin. being human and uh -huh. nature. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's we called, oh, my gosh. So, yeah. So where do you? Shame. You want to hide. You isolate. I don't want anyone to see what's going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When did that shift? Well, it started actually. Some of it started for me when actually when we were having the playgroups at my house, Heather, and yeah. he, uh, my oldest would just sit there and all the other kids were like moving around, grabbing at toys. And he would just kind of sit. And I was like, oh, wow, he's kind of chill. That's awesome. Yeah. But then it was kind of like, but why is he the only one kind of sitting? And so we actually called ECI and they came in and did developmental physical therapy with him at our house because I was like, mm, yeah. And so we worked through that. And there's an element probably too with your oldest because of adoption. There's always, you know, I think there's extra services for parents of kids with adoption, right? Because you're 
looking, you don't know all of the genetics going into right. everything. Right. And so right. you're maybe more open, I would think, because for me, it's like, I don't want to take the blame for causing any kind of problem mm. in my kids. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's no, like, that's oh, true. That's okay, well, uh, you know what? There might be some issues that I'm not aware of from a grandparent or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, it is. I think it is a hard it's a hard place to accept that something else might be going on. Yeah. If that's what you're getting to. I yeah. think it's, e- it's, it's easy to just, and I've come across so many families to be like, it, it'll be okay. It'll, he'll grow out of it. She'll grow out of it. It's probably no big deal. And because it's scary mm-hmm. to admit or to find out that there's something going on. But I'm a big proponent and a bit a big advocate that just because there is something going wrong does not mean something's broken with your child. Mm. And that's how it feels, though, because you don't want them to be have a label. There's a lot of stigma around having a label or not yeah. a label. And I think that's the issue is that we put a stigma on a label. And that mm-hmm. doesn't to me, that doesn't define who you are. It just means that the way that the brain processes is a unique way. So therefore let's work with that uniqueness versus calling it bad. It's not bad. Yeah. Just because my child is ADHD or is autistic, that doesn't mean they're broken and bad or Mm. that it's it's a curse on their life at all. Um, And I think we're so afraid of that. We're afraid to say depression. Our child could have depression. Like, yeah. It's not a curse. There's actually a lot of beautiful things when a, a, someone that has depression is typically super highly intuitive of mm-hmm. people's emo- others, people's emotions and feelings. And yeah. so there's, there are positives in it. So I think that's also the journey that I've learned as well. And that I want parents to know that it's not ideal. No one wants to be a member of this club. I get it. <laughs> no one's <laughs> like, sign me up. How do I join? I mean, that's, it's not necessarily something you're aiming for when you bring that sweet little baby home from the hospital because you don't want life hard for them and you don't want life hard for you. And you're scared of what it could be like and what it's going to mean for your kid in the future. There's grief involved. There's all sorts of things we could talk forever about in this realm um, that I'm super passionate about. And that's why Mosaic exists because I want parents, moms and dads, it affects marriages a lot. And I just, I want us to all have a place where you can talk about you, you as the parent, because mm-hmm. you're spending all your time and effort and energy on this child. Yeah. That's what you do. Once you receive the diagnosis, you're just relentless on the ways that you can help the child. Yeah. But yeah. I want a safe space where you can, we can talk about the guilt, the shame, the grief, the just hard net, maybe things you don't want to talk about, but you need, I believe they're important because that's freedom. Freedom comes from that. And then when you're healthier in regards to how you feel about the process, it will affect how you parent the child and they can feel a lot of shame and they don't need to feel shame about it. And so when you are free from that, they're free from that. That's a really good word. Yeah. Managing sleep with your kids is always a challenge. Whether they have sensory processing, neurodivergence or not, it can be challenging. Now, for some of mine, the Getting to sleep, staying asleep, and awake, waking up restful is really hard. And I wish I'd had a hatch rest all-in-one sleep device when my kids were little. My younger two boys are using it now, and it is amazing because it's both a sound machine and a nightlight that grows with your children. So if I had a newborn... Hatch helps make a for a soothing and comfortable sleep environment with these continuous sounds like white noise, wind, rain, and lullabies. I'm such a fan of sound machines. As your child grows, Hatch allows toddlers and big kids to build sleep independence with these customized color and sound cues. So I can go into the app and I can create the time for bed pairing that alerts them when it's time to wind down. So it has this like, you can choose what other color, but like a yellow color and this unique sound 
that they start learning is the falling asleep sound. And in the morning, their special time to rise signal. So when my boys were going to school, it was these little birds would start chirping and the sound machine would turn off and the birds would start chirping and the green light would come on. Well, if you have little kids, it'll let them know it's time to get out of bed for the day, which when mine were little, they would hop out of bed and we're like, no, 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 no. Go back to your room till it says seven, zero, zero. I have really enjoyed having it. It's super easy to turn on and off. You just like tap the top and the rest, the hatch rest has helped over 3 million babies and parents get restful sleep. It is no wonder it is consistently a top baby registry item. So right now, Hatch is offering our listeners up to 15% off your purchase of a Hatch rest and free shipping at hatch.co forward slash DMA. So if you're ready for improved sleep for your kids and yourself, go to hatch.co slash DMA to get up to 15% off and free shipping. That's hatch.co forward slash DMA. No, that's a good word. And I know, I mean, so your oldest is 16 or almost Mm -hmm. 16. And so Mm -hmm. this has been the journey. You said you called ECI. Mm Mm-hmm you have been working through your own emotions on this. So when someone joins Mosaic, you're holding their hand. So it's okay to feel the hard things oh, and you're helping pull them through, sure. <laughs> not pull them through, but walk yeah. with them through because you, did you feel like you had that? Did you feel like you had a person who was walking with you or did you feel like you had to figure it out with God on your own? It was twofold. At first I felt alone and I didn't, I, all I knew was you guys. Right. I mean, all I knew, like I was at the sensory processing waiting room and I clicked, I slipped, knocked on the little glass door. You know, the, the receptionist like slid it open and I was like, um, do you have a support group? Yeah. She's like, no. And I'm like, hmm, okay. Because yeah, of you got girls that I knew that I did life with. No, y'all weren't brushing your child with a brush on its, well, on their skin. Not yet. I mean, not yet. <laughs> I have, I have but since. It, it just, but not at the time. Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so it feels really lonely, you know? And mm-hmm. so, no, I didn't. And then it wasn't until the Lord was really sweet and gave me Mason's kindergarten teacher. Mm-hmm. She, she was like, Hey, my kiddo, I have a, I have a son so much like Mason. I'm like, you do, you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I just like clung on to her because to hear someone be able to validate everything I feel yeah, um, makes me almost cry, but to validate everything that I felt and thought and struggled with and cried about. And it just was was like life giving to me. It was like manna from heaven, right? Like provide God providing for me to know that I just need to know I wasn't alone and I wasn't crazy. I think I can feel like, oh my gosh, all these things I'm thinking and feeling or I'm just a bad mom. It's just so much yucky feelings can come along with it, I guess. It's hard to know what is just the hardness of parenting and what is this unique journey that my child's on and where do I, where do I go? Where do I get help? Like you feel a little bit overwhelmed with, oh, is it harder because I didn't use this resource? Is it harder because he's eating food coloring or she's, you know, allergic to (laughs) dairy or, you know, it's like, uh, what? Overwhelming. It's it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming and it's confusing. Yeah. It's so, there is no, it's not black and white at all. No, at all. And that's what makes it. I mean, I've always said, Heather, like if my son could have a liver disease, then yeah, here's the protocol. Here's the treatment. Yeah. Kind of black and white. When it comes to neurological things in the brain, there is not black and white at all. And there are so many things, so many mixed advice and protocols and doctors and, and you just, sometimes you try them all and you still don't see any difference. And so it just feels very confusing. And my take is there isn't one like right or wrong way at all. And so I'm like, if that works for y'all, great. If this works for us, great. Yeah. But it's a lot of trial and error. A whole lot of trial and error. Yeah. And I know you have seen a lot of specialists, like it gets expensive, like you're seeing. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, it's super. Lots of treatments. Yes. Yeah. And, and then you have, you got to a point where you're like, okay, the public school might not be cutting it. So then it's like all the costs of private and anyway it gets to be yeah yes yeah so we can, there. Yeah, we can yeah. spend forever on this mm-hmm, but yeah mm-hmm. I've like I said I've kind of I've earned my PhD through experience <laughs> that's pretty much 
that's, that's it. I'm not an expert on this topic and I don't pretend to be, but I have learned and experienced a bunch. And so I'm happy. I love to be a resource, not only for practical things, but like school in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but also, yeah, just mainly and also for that social emotional, just be a safe spot for people to feel seen and validated and heard. When I think in the whole right where you belong concept that I was talking about with you, it's like your God-given space, yes, of the experiences, but also your wiring. You've always been someone who wants to minister and gather women and be like, have that kind of vulnerable, authentic community. And so I feel like this kind of merges together that you're providing the thing that you needed back then. I always tell people, I'm like, if you want this, whatever it is, these five friends or a group, like make it make the group you want. And so the fact that you are saying, okay, I am 15 years through this and 16 years, and then Mm -hmm. I want to create the thing that I wish was around when I was going through it is such a gift. And I'm sure there's other people listening that are like, they have, you know, their own journey of experiences or something that they could be offering. It doesn't have to be something formal like you're creating, but just consider what could you offer the person, your younger version of you that's out there. And um, I think that's just really cool that you're doing it. Right. I'm bravoing oh. you. Oh, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and the reason too, I made it online. Uh, there's going to be, if you're local, I'm going to have some in-person things, but I'm also going to have some virtual things because there's people in small, small towns and they, other they countries, girl, not, not no, <laughs> no other countries. There are missionary women that reach out to me. They have kids with special needs or differences and they need community too. They're very isolated. There's a cultural, the culture it can be even harder other places when it comes to uh, any kind of difference. Um, very, very isolating. Like there's not even like we have ADA for physical disabilities that right. provides ramps that does not exist in a lot of countries. Wow. So that's getting hard. on a that's bus. Hard to, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's hard mm-hmm. to fathom truly yeah. because Everybody needs help. It's yeah. just how I feel like we yep. no, nobody's got it figured out truly, no. but especially those the physical disabilities and intellectual, mental, developmental, neurological, dis, you know, yeah. struggles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why I made it online because just come and I have resources in there. Community members can add their own resources too to my list because I don't know it all. I'm not going to pretend to know it all, but I'm great at gathering people and like you said, building authentic relationships and encouraging. And we'll have a little, we have some fun, you know, got to have a little fun because you make your whole life, your whole life can be about this child. And I've seen that and I've lived that some, and I lose myself and I'm like, I'm still a person and I still need to live life and have fun too. So how can I carve that out? And so I, and so for those that don't even have the capacity to get a babysitter, which I understand that I had to use care.com to get special babysitters. Yeah. I couldn't use this just teenager down the street. That did no. not work at no. all. No. So I used care.com. It was scary. I'm like, I don't know these people, but I ended up, God led me to students that were getting their master's in like special education, childhood development disorders, things like that. Mm. And then they would come over and Heather, when they would leave and go, your kids are amazing. I'm like, really? Really? You think so? You think they're wow. great? Truly? Like you don't yeah. think that mine was too much for you because mm-hmm. I've had, I did have someone put on me because she was like, I don't agree with what you're doing, how you're parenting and your child is too much. I'm like, Oh, thanks. Oh, thanks man. for that. Uh, like we I had didn't any, know that. Yeah. So. We had any quit to go work at Chick-fil-A. That was a better option then. <laughs> oh, that feels so like, it's good. Oh, it's oh. fine. It's fine. I get it. They have good anyway. benefits. It's fine. Yeah. No, I think, <laughs> I think all of that is so fantastic. And yeah the attitude you have going into, I was in a doctor's office yesterday um, at a brain treatment center and, and this mom was in there and she has seven kids, but two of her boys are diagnosed with autism and her joy was contagious. And you could even see in Mm. her voice, like, yes, they were not acting typically, but they were delightful. And I thought, man, that I was just impressed with her. I'm like, I don't have that kind of delight and joy with (laughs) challenges I have. Yeah. And anyway, I, I was inspired by her. So yeah, to have some fun, not to have pressure that, okay, in addition, you also need to be a happy person. I'm just saying no. 
you, the weight of it does not need to bring you down individually as a human. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. I kind of I've had to learn, Heather, because um, I can be an all or none person. Yeah. yeah, I've had to learn that emotions and feelings are not all or none. That grief and sadness and joy can go can coexist together. It's like inside out, like when she does both. Do you remember? Right, and that's mm-hmm. it's true. Like I can be, and but because if I don't hold space for the hard feelings and I suppress them, which I did for a long time because I felt that's bad to have those, then they're going to come out sideways in often uh, ugly ways. <laughs> so yeah. I have to acknowledge them because I'm a human and I'm going to have those, but I don't want to live under those the whole time. So I have to work and process those, but I can also have gratitude at the same time for other things. And so it's a balance and how to work that balance. And some days working it other days. No, <laughs> it totally falls apart. And I apologize a lot yeah. and I get up and try again. So I thought with summer that I would take a break from HelloFresh. I'm like, how hard could it be to meal plan? We'll tell you what, (laughs) it's harder than I liked. So I'm back on the HelloFresh bandwagon and it's great, y'all. It is so nice to not have to think what's for dinner. I know it's already in the fridge. All I have to do is present the beautiful pictured recipe cards to my kids and say, which one do you want me to make tonight? Last night I made these They were like hamburger lettuce wraps. And you would think kids wouldn't like that. Oh my goodness. They gobbled them all up. And I knew that I was feeding them farm fresh food because the ingredients are picked at peak ripeness. They travel straight from the farm to my doorstep in less than seven days. So they're getting delicious tomatoes. It had pickles in it, which were delicious and all kinds of things uh, that I know is gonna help them have the energy to keep up with fun summer plans. It's also great because you can go in and you can pick whatever works for your lifestyle. And if you're in a recipe rut, there are 40 different recipes every week. I would suggest doing that. Go in ahead of time and pick the recipes because you know what your family will like, whether you have some selective eaters or not. Maybe you have a preferred meat. Some people ask me, does this feed my family? I get the meals for four people, but then I will sometimes add Um, some more chicken breasts or some more meat because I have some boys who maybe won't eat the side items in the meal, if that makes sense, but they definitely want the protein. So if you want to go check it out, go to hellofresh.com slash DMA16. Use the code DMA16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. So that's hellofresh.com slash DMA and then the number one and six. Use that code dma 1-6 or DMA 16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. And you will discover why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Well, speaking of holding grief and joy, let's talk about summer because I feel like that is something that I feel both. I, yep. I'm excited about not having the pressures of school and homework and schedules and early wake-ups and be here, do that. But I also am terrified and hate the managing screens and the lack of structure and the sibling. And I, and I just did a kind of a mashup of previous episodes for just basic advice for people, but I feel like there's unique advice that is needed um, and just identification for the moms of kids with neurodivergence because their structure is so helpful. Um, yes, to function so helpful. Yes. So how, what, what are your, I mean, let's just jump right in, you know? No. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Well, yeah, for, for writing it screens, I mean, I don't care if you're neurotypical neurodivergent, it's a nightmare. Those yeah. screens, I mean, they just love them. They yeah. love them. Yeah. And I have found, I've talked to a lot of people within the neurodivergent, that brain, that brain really loves it. They can get really locked in and it actually soothes them some. So I've had to work on maybe balancing my expectations in that a little bit, because mm-hmm. especially my oldest who gets really overwhelmed easily, like life kind of overwhelms him really easily. Yeah. And so yeah. screens actually relax him. I mean, I think we all do as humans, right? We want to come home and just decompress and like use a screen. Like, mm-hmm. so I've had to work on that a little bit to be like, okay, like, 
give up a little bit on that. Not totally, because I was a pretty big stickler on screen time for a long time. But for like video games, again, my kids love them. Yeah. But it does, as many people have talked about, it alters their their behavior. Oh my gosh, they are like so ugly afterwards. So I do limit that. So, but anyway, for that neurodivergent kid in the summer, I was thinking back to my kids are visual people. And so one summer, like I get a lot, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. What should I do with myself? And so I made a visual schedule with pictures. Mm. Or, or visual options, I should say, not even a schedule. I printed off things that I know they love to do and enjoy for each child differently. Like, so Landon had his ideas, then Garrison and then Mason. And so pictures of a scooter, pictures of sidewalk chalk, pictures of uh, outside blow up pool time or water balloons or, or playing with Lego minifigures because my oldest love doing that. Like they have to sometimes be visually reminded yeah. If they can't come up with that with their self for their self. So that was one thing I did. And, and when they'd say, well, I don't know what to do. I'm like, well, there's your chart. You can, you know, and it would sometimes spark a, oh yeah. Cause they just forget what they have. I don't, they do their brains just out of sight, out of mind for them. Yeah. So that was something that I did. Yeah. Scheduling. I'm not big on overscheduling. Um, I know they, they need to be busy, but if they're overscheduled, then they're kind of fall apart because yeah. it's a lot on them to take in. So we, we did now, granted, I don't work or I didn't work. So I was at home with them. Now the working moms got them, have them in camps or with the babysitter. So that's, but even, but even then I never took the route of a camp a week because it's a lot. And my, I let my kids, we kind of did a day camp, then take a week off and then do a day camp and then take a week off. And so we kind of stru structured it that way. So that was helpful. Yeah, there's an element, like you said, of the structure helps or for you to kind of get a little breather in the summer. Yes. Um, but I do yes. know that feeling of like, okay, it's nice to not have to get out the door <laughs> and get somewhere and have right. to convince them to go Wednesday. You know, they were all fine on Monday or Tuesday, but probably got in trouble. I don't know for mine, maybe got in trouble with a teacher on Monday or Tuesday. And so they're like, not wanting to go Wednesday. So you've paid all this money and you're trying to convince them. Anyway, sometimes it was more of a beating to do the camps than it was helpful. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I just learned that, you know, so I kind of had to readjust. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing is that I think with any kids, but mine, I'm, I feel like I'm constantly readjusting <laughs> sometimes yeah. like, this summer, they're a different age or they have different interests now. So I got to re redo the script a little bit. And yeah. that takes a lot of creativity. And so for me, I had to and still have to realize, go with the child I have, not the child I think I should have or I wish I had or did this or this or everyone else is doing this camp. So my kid will do it too. Yeah. Well, I have to learn my kid really well. And I have to study my kid really well, because just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean it will work for my kid. And then it things backfire. And then I'm like, well, that was more hassle than it was worth technically. And so I have to navigate that. I mean, last year, uh, one of my sons was having really high anxiety about just in life about and I he did a camp and he signed up and he liked it. And then he called me crying, needing to come home. And that was so hard for me because I'm like, are you kidding? I just, I needed a break. That's all. I just yeah. need a little break. I need you to be there. So I had to work through my own emotions, which was okay for me to feel that. And mm. then he didn't end up doing the camp at all. And it was because it was sensory issues. It was mm -hmm. way too overstimulating, way too loud. Yeah. So anyway, I just learned and had to readjust. And so I guess that's the biggest lesson is to be a student of your child. And just keep figuring out what will work for them and what won't. But yeah, we all need quiet time. The sibling um, interactions yeah. is a lot. On yeah. me. How do a you navigate that? Yeah. Oh, oh sh I don't. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No. I, what, what tips you got for me, girl? Oh, sh no. I muddle through it. Um, you know, I my kids all, I know I remember hearing a mop speaker being like, everyone has rest time or flat on back time. <laughs> well, that did not work well with my crew. 
because they don't like to stay in their room, you know? Yeah. So I got, I had to get creative. Well, what would occupy them? That doesn't mean they just lay there and be still. I mean, the point is that everyone's taking a break from each other. Like that's the point, not that you actually are physically resting in a quiet space. I mean, because my kids could not do that. So like whether you get a certain new toy or activity and that's for that time, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, now it's everyone like go to your own spaces and be quiet for a while for one kid that's listening to an audible book that they get to do during only that time that they picked out, you know, like they picked out that one book and Mm -hmm. this is your time to go do it or like have buy-in from them too, because they don't want to be controlled. My kids don't want to be controlled, but if they're, if they get to give input into that then it helps with that so um but yeah i you know flat on back time means honestly that just means just go and we just all need to be apart from each other for a minute because we're all on each other's nerves right now 100 percent. and so what could they do to entertain themselves quietly in their own space for an hour so i can regroup and then i had another mom just tell me and i thought this was a great idea but so good like my kids are old enough too now that they kind of give me flack about my own screen time. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, I mean, to be like, well, you're, you know, we can't have it. You're on it like all the time. You know, yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, that's true. Call me out. Call me out. So she actually is, she's doing it this summer that when they have screen time, that's when she can have screen time. And then when she's like, we're, we're done, we're going to all do our own activity or we're going to go do a fun family activity. She has to be off. So I thought, oh, well, that's, that's good. That's good. That that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a thousand hours unplugged this year or something like that. And that's oh, that yes. requires like three hours a day. So Woo. okay. You know, that would help with that if you all it, committed. It really would. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. really would. Well, and then how do you handle like friend things? Like, do your kids do well Ooh. having friends come over to play, or does that cause more chaos? Do you have friends who will have your kids over? Um, or that you can swap with other kids with neurodivergence that the moms and you have like said, Hey, this is hard for me too. I, you know, let's swap. Does that work or is that a bad idea? Well, so yes, I think it's a good idea. My kids, just because they're neurodivergent, they love connection. That doesn't Mm. stop them. Even the kids with autism, Mm -hmm. like who like downtime and like to be alone, they still want to connect with someone that doesn't go away. That is a human God given desire. Yeah. So they may not love a room full of people to connect with, but they like their one person that they feel safe with. They want to connect with that person. And for them, connection may be, they see them once a week and that's enough. You know, Mm -hmm. everyone has different levels of what they need, but they need that. And so that's, what's also hard too, because in school, they get that. They come school year, these children come home and they still want and need connection, but they may not have friends per se, right? Or they may not, it's so, but it's good for them to have some form of connection at whatever level they need. So yes, it is actually helpful because it helps the moods of my kids when they connect, just like any of us humans, when we connect with someone, it makes us feel better. It's just, that's how it works. And so even though it does increase the chaos in my home, it's worth it when we do connect. But I also, we have found, and I will say to these moms out there with these kiddos, it's not easy to find friends and other families. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to lay that out there. It's yeah. not. And I know that. And it's sad and hard. I'm just, and I can be honest about that. Yeah. But it's worth continuing to try. Mm-hmm. And you just keep trying. And we have a couple of people that their kid connects well with our kids. And what's so beautiful and relieving, Heather, yeah, is that when their kids come over, we can pretty much be on full on honest about what works for that kid or what doesn't. And there's like, okay, great. Okay. He's going up to his room. He's had too much. He doesn't want to come out here to swim. Okay, great. There is like never no judgment any, on that. Yeah. No. Or any like, or questioning like, well, that's mm-hmm. kind of weird. Like yeah. literally no. Mm-hmm. And it's so beautiful and so relieving. Oh my gosh. And so, or like another friend, like, like they did a lemonade stand together and, and then the kid will be like, no, I don't want to play now. And we're like, okay, great. We'll go home. 
Like it's <laughs> there's yeah. not that like, oh, what? No, yeah. okay, that's just he's met his social quota. He's yeah. done. Yeah. So, yes, yeah. that's so. I guess to answer your question, yes, it is important to find some kind of connection. It's not easy to find it. So keep looking, keep praying, keep asking God. I will say this as well. Keep being willing to be open to what God provides. Hmm. Because that's been my whole journey. I think with any parenting journey, we can say we have no control, Heather. Zero. Yeah, zero. You think you know you know what you want, how you want it to be, and you can't, you can't control that, truly. Mm-mm. And so it's all a gift. And I've learned more and more to release and release and release and be grateful for what is. So whatever family or friend the Lord brings for my child, I could sit there and be like, well, I wish they were, you know what? I'm so grateful he has a friend, period. Because that is a beautiful thing for him. And that friend enjoys him and he enjoys that friend. And I'm thankful. But yeah, if you can keep being open, keep being willing and ask the Lord to provide. And even if it's just one, it works and it's helpful. And to have that other family that you may say, like you said, like, it's too much today, or could we swap for a little bit or things like that? And if they understand it and they're not going to think twice about it. That's awesome. Is that helpful? Super helpful. And before we have to go, does your family do family trips or is that more stressful? I feel like, again, it's the comparison of the online family life that can sometimes make us feel like our summer is less than instead of like what you said, to love the kids you have, to love the family you have to just make the best out of your own family experience instead of always thinking, well, it should be this or everyone's doing this. So do y'all do a family vacation or have you decided, man, that's not really for us. It's not helpful to travel and have everybody have to relearn a new location or is it good? I'm I'm just curious. Yeah, no, I think it's a great question. And um, yes, we have traveled. But I will, the things we've learned that it is a family trip, not a vacation, (laughs) It's never a vacation. It is a family trip. And then what are the goals of a family trip to Mm -hmm. make some family memories and have some fun, right? And it is a vacation because we don't have to do laundry or cook. So, hey, you know, praise God for that. But it's, you're, you are taking your family from one spot to the next. It is Mm -hmm. not... It all remains the same. Plus, like you said, new routines have to be learned. So for us, we we have traveled, but we've learned a lot of things. And again, we're a student of our children and what works well for them. Yeah. And we've learned through trial and error. There's been some misses, mm-hmm. right? Where we went and had mm-hmm. these thoughts, we'd be doing all this and it bombed a lot. And we're like, okay, that's not going to work well anymore. And why do we keep putting this square peg in this round hole? It's not yeah. working real well. And we had more yelling matches and frustrations than fun memories. So that Mm -hmm. really wasn't worth it. So let's reevaluate and what works for us. And I'm, I'm real big on admitting sometimes that's sad and grieving, grieving because you thought, Oh, well, let's go on a ski trip because everyone Mm -hmm. else goes on ski trips, you know? And no, no, Mm -mm. that didn't work. No. And actually one year we actually didn't even take the child that we knew it wouldn't work for. And that was hard as a parent to feel like you're like leaving someone out on purpose. Mm-hmm. But he had a fantastic time with his grandparents and got attention from them for the whole week. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you just, I just learned you have to go with what you, like you said, you have to go with what you have, figure out what works, but it is hard not to compare. It is hard not to compare. And I think I've constantly redefining what does success look like? What is the true under underneath it all, whether you're just at the lake house, borrowing someone's lake house, which is still you can make fun memories there. You may not be in Cabo and that's okay. That's truly <laughs> really okay. And maybe one day you'll go, maybe one day you won't go. But today I can do this. And today we can make really fun, silly memories. And that's what my kids will remember. They won't remember uh, the, the luxurious resort in Cabo. They could care less. They just want to laugh and be silly with mom and dad, like truly, um, and feel seen and heard. And so you're constantly having to, reevaluate that or then you leave them at home and you go to Cabo. I mean, you know, just saying. So if you have some grandparents that can help with that, but yeah, yeah, we had to, for those of you guys that fake 
family trips are a lot of work when you have to do all the extra things with kids. So just constantly be a student of your family and decide, is this worth it? And if not, then make peace with, no, we're going to do this little day trip and spend our money that way. And we do a lot of day trips are not even like excursions Mm -hmm. um, per se. We, and we love that. So that way all the money isn't dropped on one big shebang. It's like a day here, a day there, or an overnight. I mean, hotel rooms are hard with our family. So you just, you learn what works and you, and you go with that, I guess is what I'm, that's my main point. We've done, we've gotten really creative with our travel a lot of times. No, I, I, what I hear you saying across the board is study your child, Mm -hmm. let go of expectations based on everyone around you. Yep. Embrace what is not what is not and get creative because you're not going to have a model of everyone else is doing X, Y, and Z. No. So you have the creator God in you, invite the Holy yep. Spirit into your experience and maybe put some blinders on um, when it comes to, and and I think align with what we're saying with the mosaic community of like mosaic connection, that you mm-hmm. connect with other people who are in a similar place. So if you're hitting a stuck creative point that maybe something they're doing in that community spurs your own thought process of what could work for you and just try and and trial and error is okay. It's okay to try. It didn't work. You know, start again, a little rough draft there. And we're going to try again. Yep. Yep. You learn, you learn, we've learned a lot of things and a lot of times the hard ways, (laughs) you know, per se, but now we know, we know we take two cars to a gathering Mm. because one child will be ready and done and they cannot make it. And if we push him to make it, things are going to go a little wheels off. Yeah. So therefore someone, one parent leaves and returns back or we paid more money for the spaces we stayed in versus an experience because my children needed space from each other. So it was mm-hmm. worth paying for two hotel rooms side by side. Yep. Then all squeezing in one and literally hating each other every day. All day. <laughs> like that, what, why, why do this? That's dumb, yeah. you know, to me. Yeah. So it's okay. I give everyone full permission, right? Even myself to do things differently because your child needs things done differently. They do things differently. So it's okay. And you, yes, it may not look like most other people doing it, but you can get the same result that you might have to change how you're doing it. Yeah. Love it. Well, we are going to put in the show notes, a link y'all to Mosaic. And so y'all can connect there if you are and need yourself or you have a friend who you think this would be perfect for, you can be that good friend who doesn't let her mom alone. And Carrie, thank you again for making the time to chat with me. I always love you and your stories and just how you're letting God use you wherever you are. So I am honored to get to share you with the Don't Mom Alone peeps. Oh, thank you. No, Heather, I appreciate you so, so much and in what you're doing, truly. And yeah, momming alone is... It's not the way to go. No bueno. <laughs> it's no bueno. No, but it but it's it's worth overcoming our vulnerabilities to connect with someone else. Yeah. It's worth it. It's worth it. Okay, y'all, thanks for joining Carrie and I today. I hope this was an encouragement to you. Remember, our summer of mentorship starts next week. And all you need to do is gather your people and say, hey, do y'all want to do summer mentorship with me? There will be six episodes that I have recorded with Cynthia Yanoff, my friend. You heard a little clip of us in our summer mashup episode a couple weeks ago. Anyway, Cynthia and I are answering your questions. We're offering a little bit of humor this summer and a little bit of perspective and a lot of fun. Just a lot of fun. I enjoyed recording these with her. And so those will go live starting next week and they'll go for six weeks. As usual, we will have discussion questions. So then you tell your friends, hey, while you're sitting by the pool, if you're walking around the neighborhood, whatever you're, if you're, you know, kids are playing in the backyard, listen to this week's episode and then we'll get together and discuss it. So fun. Maybe you have a Mahjong group and you talk about it while you're playing Mahjong. Maybe you just decide to sit by a pool and talk about it. Whatever it is, you guys, it's super organic, but we want to provide the content that allows you to then get together in community and just have a good time with your people. Because I don't want you to do this mom thing alone if you haven't heard. It's it's just not a good plan. Don't forget to go check out Carrie's Mosaic Connection group if you are in need of some community specifically 
you have children with neurodivergence or you have a friend and you think she would appreciate knowing about that group, let her know. All those links are in the show notes. I'm going to pray over us uh, and our amazing children. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the invitation to join you in parenting your kids. I know that at times it can be really discouraging. And you reminded me, again, with the story of Moses and Pharaoh, of Moses's frustration and wondering if Pharaoh will even listen to him. And I can feel that. Will my kids even listen to me? Will we get the outcome? And it just, you reminded me that you actually made it even harder. You hardened Pharaoh's heart. And the reason why was so that Pharaoh wouldn't get the credit for the Israelites' freedom, but you would. And so, Lord, may we take a step back, do our part, be obedient to you, walk with you when it comes to parenting our kids, but not take such ownership of the outcome, believing that you get the glory in their freedom story, that you get the glory in what they're becoming and their redemptive process when we recognize and release what is our part and what is not our part. And I pray that you would be the peace for a mom today who is feeling real discouraged. She is really having a hard time with the challenge of parenting her kids today. And I pray you would breathe that special breath of life into her, that you would remind her that you are the redeemer and the restorer. And this story isn't over, even in the hard today that the story isn't over. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, y'all, if this encouraged you, would you share with a mom who you think it would be an encouragement to, or if you know someone right now who is just needing some community, uh, if you could let her know about the show. And thank you to those of you who've reached out to me lately with just some super kind words of encouragement about what this show has meant to you. I forget. I sometimes forget, even though I wrote about it in my new book, Serve the People in the Store. Sometimes I forget that even if there are other people doing similar things, that y'all are here. And I am so honored to get to be part of your journey as moms. And so thank you for encouraging me. All right, I will meet you back here next week for our first week of Summer of Mentorship. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3:17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.